Welcome to the People First Leaders Podcast. My name is Doug Utberg, Marine Corps veteran, founder CEO of ExpenseReviews.com, and I have absolutely nothing to sell you. The purpose of this commercial-free show is to honor the leaders who approach life as go-givers by putting their people and customer value first. Stick around until the end of the show, and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest in about 20 minutes. Let's go. All right, we have Joey Havens with us today, and what we are going to be talking about is how to create a people-first culture, which kind of makes sense, considering this is the People First Leaders podcast. And this actually coincides with a book that Joey has published called Leading with Significance. But I don't want to steal all of his thunder, so Joey, please introduce yourself, and let's get the conversation rolling. Well, Doug, I'm so glad to be with you today and appreciate this opportunity, but I'm uh, Joey Havens and I live in Ridgeland, Mississippi, and I'm a partner in the top 25 CPA firm about to retire in January. And this is the next phase of what I want to do, which is giving back and uh, really talking about how you can run a people first organization. Beautiful. All right. Well, okay. So, and considering that you just wrote a book on this topic, what would you say is your number one insight or the, well, I actually, I'm not going to say number one, because I always hate when people pin me down to what, what's your top two to three insights that you really took out of the process of writing the book? Because I found that what I learned from writing is probably just as much as, if not more than what I'm able to teach from writing, because you have to go through that research and introspection process. Yes. It's pretty interesting because my book is about a journey of our company where we made a strategic decision to make culture number one uh-huh. and what happened in that journey and how we did get to a magnetic culture that led to exponential growth and an amazing, talented team. So even though it's not theory, it's a real journey, I share in there all the mistakes and all the assumptions we made and all the wonderful things that our team members did to lift us up and help us to get there. So it's a little different than a book on culture that might be based on theory. Well, this kind of reminds me of, so just the other day, I was at a Society of Information Management, one of the events in my local area, and they had a parable up on the PowerPoint slide because you know they were, the theme was failing forward. And so you know they had the old parable that said, you know, if you give a man a fish, he eats for a day. If you teach a man to fish, he eats for a lifetime. And then underneath it said, if you teach a man to fail, he will re-innovate the global food distribution system. <laughs> I think that's kind of it. If you fail and pivot, the only thing that could really limit what you're able to do is time and your health. Yeah, so I mean, Lord, I, you know, we changed the learn or fail forward. We changed that to learn fast, learn forward, and learn together. Outstanding. Outstanding. All right. Well, so let's kind of talk about this. We have this people-first culture, right? What are those key elements? I mean, because it seems so simple, right? Okay, yeah, you put your people first. Well, it's hardly anybody does it, so it's obviously not quite that easy. Yeah, getting back to your original question, which are the lesson, I mean, you know, but writing the book, what did I learn? Because looking backwards and then having to write about it, it did bring some very critical things that I hadn't really thought about to forefront. So I want to say number one is that leaders have to be intentional. 
we say it all the time, you know, we're people first, we have a good culture, you know, we're always putting our people first, but the truth of the matter is our people don't always see that because we're not intentional with it. We judge ourselves based on our intentions rather than what really happens. And when it comes to culture, I tell people, culture is the soul of your organization. It is not only your beliefs and your values, it's your actions. And it's what people experience and what they feel and what they see the leaders do. It's also the behaviors you allow. And that's when the bar starts to fall on culture because we allow behaviors that take away from that culture. Well, and I think I would append on what you're saying a little bit because I think you hit what I think is one of the two really big points because I think it's the behaviors you allow and the decisions you make when you're in crunch time. So crunch time is going to be, okay, you know, you've just lost money for your third straight quarter in a row and the board of directors is getting ready to basically get rid of everyone with a VP or higher title in front of their name. So the question is like, okay, do you do the easy thing? run a bunch of layoffs and just cut heads in order to make your numbers? Or do you stick your own neck out a little bit and either push back, get more methodical, or put more diligence into any of the cutbacks you need to make? Similarly, do you hold the line unacceptable behaviors? That one right there, I'd say, is probably the most insidious because the status quo bias is always going to be in favor of, okay, well, so-and-so is hitting their sales targets, just leave them alone. Yeah, I know they have kind of a toxic personality. Yeah, I know they bully everybody at the office. You know, a lot of those yeah buts, you know, those yeah buts compound up and eventually you you end up with a toxic culture just like everybody else. Oh, you hit the nail on the head. When you talk about this and you get people to reflect, yes. just about everybody can write that name down or those <laughs> two or three names down immediately that nobody wants to work with them, for them, on their project, they are toxic. And so many organizations have those. And, and what do we do? We avoid that conflict. We, and, you know, generally they're pretty good at some aspect of our business. Generally speaking, caustic personalities, in order to have be employed, they have to be really good at something. And so they establish some value, but what we don't realize is how much they're costing us in the long run. There's nothing more expensive than losing talent, especially today when there's not going to be enough talent. We live in an exponential world. So change is just going to keep coming. It's going to come faster than ever before. And you got to have resiliency, which means your people have to have a strong sense of belonging. They've got to learn, unlearn, and relearn. And so all of that says you can't have a toxic person. In every organization that I have counseled through this, and in my own experience in our company, let's just call this person Doug. I'm familiar with the name, so. When you fire Doug, or when you help Doug find a win-win outside of your organization, you don't come back and sit at your desk and say, gosh, I did that too quickly. This happens every time. You say, why didn't I do that two years ago? Mm -hmm. Your organization, the energy that people come out of the woodwork and say, thank God, 
y'all finally dealt with that. I was about to leave. Yeah, well, and yes, because the thing, the I really want to give credit for this, but the I think that phenomenon you just described, I've heard people call that addition by subtraction. Because there are some situations where you can move someone out, not replace them, and still be better off. Absolutely. Doesn't intuitively make sense, but it happens more often than you might think. Well, it'll happen with a toxic leader every yeah. time. And your team members will join arms and make sure that everything moves forward. You know, I counseled a small firm through this not long ago, and I didn't hear from them for about six months, Doug, and I thought, oh, no, this one didn't go well. But I got a phone call just a few couple of weeks ago. He said, overnight, it transformed our firm. Overnight, it transformed our organization. I had no idea that the cancer and the negativity was that great. So, again, it's about leadership being intentional. It's about making those hard decisions. It's about connecting with people. I totally get it. And okay, so let's unpack some of those. So we're talking about what? Hard decisions, connecting with people. Which one do you think people struggle with the most? (laughs) Yeah, but at least one of the things that I found is that I am very, very diligent about doing everything that needs to be done except for the one that the one thing that's the most important and the most difficult. I'm very, very creative at finding ways to procrastinate the things that are the most important and most difficult. All right, I'm going to choose because you're forcing me to choose. <laughs> but it's unique to each individual leader. Mm-hmm. But I would say that the thing that's missing the most today is leaders that are intentional about connecting. That okay. really know their people. They know what are their aspirations? What's going on in their personal life? Do those team members actually see and understand that you know who they are, that you respect them, you appreciate what they do, that you care about them? And that starts at the very top. When the primary leader does that, Yeah, people that work with him are going to do it with their people and so forth and so on. So it kind of cascades through the organization, but right. Everybody's busy. Yeah. I don't have time for that, but it only takes a couple of minutes uh, when you interact and when you have the opportunity and people know whether you see them and whether they're important to you. Mm-hmm. So that's the hardest one because we're busy. It's easy to make an excuse. Uh, the second one is the hard decisions because we, most of us are conflict avoidant. Yes, I completely agree. And so, because I think the, the, the thing that I'm uh, really taking out of this conversation, which I think is dead on, is that the real differentiator isn't necessarily whether someone's a good or bad person. You know, what, what I've found is, I mean, I've read into comparatively few people in my career who I would characterize as pure evil. There are almost nobody is like really out to try to consciously harm anyone. But what ends up happening is most people, they will avoid conflict because they don't want to deal with the difficulty. And so then that status quo bias just kind of lets bad behavior slide. You end up letting the status quo keep going, which means maybe you don't innovate so much. And then you hit that point of crisis. And then you're like, okay, well, let's just do some layoffs. 
And so the, but then what you do is you lay off a whole bunch of people, but you haven't really improved your fundamental operational structure. So you still have a business that's fundamentally upside down. Maybe your costs are too high. Maybe your ability to acquire customers hasn't been honed. And I think you really, really, really hit it perfectly is you have to be intentional. You have to know what you're being intentional about because you can't intentionally do everything. There's a very limited amount of time that anybody has. And so it's figuring out what are those critical few things to be highly intentional about that will have the most leverage in your organization. That's my view, Lisa. I'm kind of spitballing here, but. Well, people first, your number one priority. And if it is, I can promise you, if you have a great culture, a magnetic culture, you're not going to have to lay people off. That's where the magic is. People make things happen. It's when you have a bad culture or toxic culture that you're, you know, that is the decision, the first decision management makes. They make cut in people, yeah. which can be, you know, the worst decision of all. But a little reverse of what you were talking about, the other thing that happens is that when you ask somebody about their culture, you're asking them about their self-image. Right. And so if I ask you about your company's culture, the first thing you're going to tell me is that it's good or great. Yep. Magnetic. You are going to, I mean, because that's your idea, you're going to protect it. Yep. And that's what makes growing a great culture so hard is you have to kind of go in reverse mm -hmm. and be negative and say, okay, what are we not getting right here? And really dive into that. Because it's not about do you have good culture, it's about how good can your culture be? Yes. Well, and because one of the things that you said that I want to unpack a little bit is you were talking about the decision where, you know, you hit a crunch, you've run into layoffs, et cetera. A thing that a lot of people will kind of overlook is that generally speaking, I've found unproductive cultures tend to solve problems by adding headcount, whereas a highly productive, highly connected culture can do far more with per person than any other kind of organizations. What that means is you will run at a far higher level of operational effectiveness. Because in a lot of cases, when companies get into layoffs, usually they're not using their people as effectively as they could. At least that's been my observation, is that you, a lot of times you can have otherwise good people, but since you've developed this, usually it's a, it's a system where people try to assert their importance by how many people work for them. So what they'll do is every time there's a planning review, they'll try to procure more requisitions for their department and they'll add more people. And so then you'll end up with people who I'm sure they're doing things that are useful, but you probably don't need as many people as you have. It's because people, they're trying to play the I'm so important management game. And if you compound that out, I think what you can end up doing is, as you said, you can lapse almost into toxicity just from conflict avoidance. Whereas if you are just diligent in the first place and keep your team tight and focus on kind of growing the, I guess I would say growing the ability of your team instead of the size of your team, that to me is kind of one of the most important elements of really making sure that you don't need to get into the layoff trap. Because once you announce layoffs, your productivity is in the tank for at least six months, probably more like a year. Yeah, I mean, it's a big negative setback. Man, I'm going to disagree with you a little okay. bit. Okay. All right, bring it on. Bring it on. Well, I like this. <laughs> the concept of using people effectively or uh -huh. efficiently. Okay. We don't control people. People decide 
how engaged they're going to be. They decide how much they're going to give to the purpose and the effort. They're going to decide if they really trust this leader. Right. So, Joey Havens, you yes, you got me on the you, you just pushing you got one right past me there. <laughs> and so that is the mindset that a lot of people have, and it does result in you having more people because you, you are right. A great culture, people get more done, more happen. But I will also tell you that when you have a great magnetic culture, you're gonna have this. You're gonna have success, yeah, you're gonna have growth. You're going to be adding people and people are going to be wanting to get on your boat. Yeah. And you are going to have higher profitability, but your starts with having significance in people's lives, which is what you said about growing people and their ability, being intentional to trust people first and turn them loose. Okay. So we got one more rabbit hole to go, go down before we get to time. Cause you were talking about turning people loose. I think that's a really underappreciated part of leading with significance because you know my background is in finance and a lot of people in finance are notorious micromanagers because you know in finance you know know, we're almost all reformed bean counters and so we like all the numbers to tie we like to feel like everything is perfectly under control but you can't grow at exponential rates in a perfectly controlled manner you can't even grow at like high linear rates (laughs) in a perfectly controlled manner it's all incremental. Yes. When you think like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Incremental is the best case scenario. Whereas like you want to have, you know, exponential compounding growth, there's going to be a mess that gets created somewhere. And so like one of my things I'm fond of saying is that, you know, for everything that looks perfectly organized, there's a big mess somewhere that you can't see. And so the question is, right, where are you organized? Where's your mess? And if your books are organized, your growth is probably going to be a mess. If your growth is going like this, then a lot of your other support stuff is all going to be a mess. And eventually it'll all have to catch up. But yeah, you have to decide, right? Where is your mess going to be? Well, I like to think about where are you going to build your foundation? Yeah. For me, I'm going to build it on the people and you'll figure the solutions out. The growth's going to come and you're going to be stretched at times. But that's the whole point. When you have an engaged a magnetic energy going in your company, your people are going to have the discretionary effort. They're going to be engaged at a level that pushes the ability. That's how you get a high performing organization. Exactly. But it starts with where you went is that leaders have to trust in the inherent good in people. You said this earlier in the podcast, there's very few evil people. Most people want to contribute to something bigger than themselves, but leaders have to be vulnerable enough to trust first and then intentionally demonstrate how they care and serve their people. Yep, exactly. And it seems counterintuitive, but being willing to let go like that in a lot of cases is, well, and not in a lot of cases, in almost every single case is what creates that headroom for people to be able to grow and the way that you grow is almost always through doing things that are a little bit outside of your comfort zone and confidence zone which means you will probably fail at least as often as you succeed and then you learn from those failures and that confidence zone grows but if you have this expectation that nobody is ever supposed to fail at anything then that means that people are basically just going to stay inside their comfort and confidence bubble and never really go outside of it 
Well, let's get rid of that negative word fail. Right. Because in an exponential world, it's all about learning. So learn fast, learn forward, learn together. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Well, Joey, that was a great cap off. So I'm going to ask you, just give us one or two last thoughts and then tell everybody where they can find your book and where they can connect with you. Favorite socials or your website? Yeah. My website is joeyhavens.com and you can email me at joeyhavens.com or you can email me at the my horn CPA, which is uh, joey.havens at horn.com. And the book is available at all the major retailers, Books of Me and Amazon, Google, Book Plus, Books Bonus. Please consider uh, getting you a copy. Outstanding. Outstanding. All right. Well, so yeah, that's Joey Havens, Horn CPA, and Leading with Significance. Joey, really, really appreciate your time today. All right. Thank you, Doug. I appreciate the opportunity and thank you so much for the, uh, the discussion back and forth. Very good. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for listening to the People First Leaders podcast. If you are a successful People First founder or CEO who would like to be on this show, please visit peoplefirstleaders.net forward slash guest. If this interview resonated, would you please share it on social media? Just take a quick screenshot on your phone and post it on your favorite social channel. Then make sure to tag me at Doug Value so I can give you and your business a shout out on a future episode. If you know somebody who'd be a great guest, please tag them on social and include the hashtag PeopleFirstLeaders. I really love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We're releasing new content and episodes all the time, so make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any new episodes. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show, and they mean a lot to me personally. And also, I would like to connect with you on social. My handle is at Doug Value, or you can just go to peoplefirstleaders.net where all of the links are posted. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.